Hey guys, this is the Real Life Monopoly Podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kenneth and Kerwin Donis. We are real estate investors, and the point of our podcast is to help you reach your financial goals, which will allow you to have time to focus on your true passion so that you can live not only a happier, but more fulfilled life. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, this is Jeffrey Donis, and on today's show, we will be having Matthew Sutika. Matthew is an insurance broker, and he's an amazing person that we've really, really grown a really strong relationship with. He's someone that always leads with value, and he does nothing short of that on today's show. So without further ado, we're going to jump right in. Thank you for tuning in to the Real Estate Monopoly podcast. This is your co-host, Jeffrey Donis, alongside my partners and brothers, Kerwin and Kenneth Donis. Today on the show, we'll be having Matthew Sotika. Matthew, uh, we've actually used him on a lot of our deals. He is an insurance broker, and he helps us with our quotes on a lot of the properties that we actually look to take down. So uh, without further ado, Matthew, do you mind introducing yourself to the audience? Yes. Uh, glad to be here uh, with my new three favorite brothers. Uh, I work with uh, my two brothers over on the insurance side. So when I met the three of you, it just felt like a good uh, good synergy. Uh, I won't state for the record how much older I am than uh, than you guys, but uh, y- you know, uh, I used to be the the young energy, and uh, now I'm realized I'm surrounding myself with uh, people who have the young energy, and uh, really enjoyed meeting you, and happy to be here. Awesome, Matthew. We really do appreciate you coming on. Um, do you mind kind of giving the audience a background as to what your professional uh, experience is and how you kind of are involved in real estate? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, working with a large uh, real estate company called Century Twenty One. Uh, that working with lenders just kind of slowly over time got me more and more into the rental space from single family, then, you know, small multifamily on up to large, you know, habitational uh, insurance. And uh, our brokerage also, as we were moving up and doing bigger and bigger deals and getting more heavy into the space, we slowly tried, we removed a lot of the auto and home and those other things. And really where we're at today is um, all we do is large multifamily insurance. Um, our whole organization and office is built around that. And uh, we love it. I love the people that are in the space. I enjoy uh, the clients I get to work with. And uh, really, we've just tried to build a niche um, in the space. Awesome. And um, you kind of did touch on it, but I kind of want you to expand on, is there a reason you uh, chose multifamily real estate in specific to us uh, to specialize in? I know a lot of times multifamily investors will pick it for certain tax benefits or things like that, but from the insurance standpoint, and why was that appealing for you over say like car and single family houses? Absolutely. So I picked it for almost the same reason why I'm bullish on the insurance industry in general is insurance i've always said is like makeup or alcohol or you know or taxes it's kind of recession proof uh you know it's, it's something you have to do and i kind of felt the same way in the multifamily space i think it's it's not a fad it's not something that hasn't been around for a long time it's not something that's going to continue to you know not develop and get better it's something that i also want to eventually put my actual funds from working into So I really saw it as a full circle opportunity for myself to one, learn about the industry and whether I'd want to invest into it as a, as a, uh, an individual, if you will. Um, And then I also get to use my expertise to provide insurance for these deals. And it just overall um, seemed like a full circle for me that I could build the rest of my career on. So hopefully as I get 
more and more tenured in my career. I'll have more money going into the real estate, which will allow me to maybe get out of my career a little earlier. Uh, you know, not anytime soon for those who are watching, don't worry, I'll, I'll be there for your apartment quotes next week. But, uh, but that's kind of how I saw that is, you know, uh, build it up and then it allows me to, you know, retire or, you know, uh, move on later in life. Awesome. Awesome. No, I definitely love to hear that. Um, so of course us as, you know, us being, um, apartment investors, um, and real estate investors, we kind of understand the benefits and of course the reasoning behind, uh, actually working with a company like OB or any insurance company, um, to get insurance on a property. But if you don't mind me asking, why is it important to take down? So, you know, uh, the importance I think, of having insurance, of course, is, you know, well, one, the, the, no lender is going to not allow you to have it, right? But, you know, the importance of having it is it really could make or break your whole, you know, your whole deal, right? You you all are getting into this to make money, uh, build wealth, and you need to protect that, right? And you, you have to know that if you go out and syndicate 10 apartments that you're going to have on one of those, a large loss. Eventually you're going to have something happen. You know, if you don't like that's a rarity, right? So having that insurance there to back you up and it, it kind of mitigates your costs, right? You can look at your deductibles, you can look at, uh, and kind of fine tune what you might still be, uh, liable for. Like what could, you know, I go into any deal or any business, and I, you know, it's almost like uh, you got to look at the divorce bef before you get married, right? Investors that they're going to get this certain money back and everything like that. It, it really is a good hedge because you know that if something happened dramatically, you're out 100K deductible or 25K deductible or whatever it is, right? And so I think that's the importance of having insurance is it really uh, solidifies your investment and what you're offering. That's awesome. And uh, do you mind kind of going into more uh, about what exact services OB um, provides? I know that my brother Kenneth is really the one that's been working with you. And the one thing that I can say about you, Matt, is that you're very responsive. And anytime we have a deal and we need a quote, immediately you're, you're in touch and it's very, very quick. So we do appreciate that. Um, so yeah, do you kind of mind going into the services other than being like a good person to work with because you're such a quick, uh, responsive other than that, do you mind kind of going into the exact services that OB provides um, its clients? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, jumping into the real quick of it, of course, we provide, you know, coverage in all 50 states, multifamily uh, space. But I think really the important thing, because, you know, that can be provided by others. Don't get me wrong, right? There's other insurance brokers are not the only one. But I think what we provide, and I didn't even mean for this to happen. It just has happened over time is that we are like full, you know, consultants for working with our clients, right? Our clients, even after I get the insurance, are calling me for legal advice. And I always have to preface, like, I'm not a lawyer, but you think, but what I'm really getting at is we become really ingrained. I speak OB myself with our clients where they feel almost this comfort level. Uh, my dad owned a state farm for 40 years in a small town. And I remember sitting in his office all the time, people would stop in to ask for directions or where, you know, or how do they get to this? Or he was like the Google before Google for our, like the small town, right? Because <laughs> there was a trust factor. They knew he was intelligent. They knew his staff. I kind of feel the same way of what we've created in, with OB for, you know, the clients that we work with is that you can call me and I have learned a lot about your industry. So I can really talk 
and I use the words now a lot more, have a lot more business conversations, make business decisions. And we've gotten to where, yes, I can provide the insurance that is in our sleep at this point. Right. But where we're doing is we can start to look at insurance and how can I help find other things from helping, you know, talk about crime in the area to help talking about uh, the weather in the area and how that might affect to just in general. Sometimes I look at so many OMs and, uh, places all over the country that are sending to me. Sometimes it's just like, Hey Matt, what have you seen in this area? I'm interested in going into this state. What, what's it been like? Right? So we've taken this full, uh, consulting type approach now where the actual insurance is, like I said, just that's the expectation, but part of the process. Yeah. And that's actually something that's very interesting. Like being able to actually have conversations regarding multifamily with your insurance broker is not something that's very typical, especially because you understand the language. And um, I, I assume it's probably something that's throughout your company. And you were kind of touching on, you know, when you're looking to expand into a different market, uh, you guys can kind of help out with that as well, just because you guys have done business in so many locations. So when it comes time for us, say that we are planning on moving into a market that we've actually never been to, um, what is the process? Are you guys in specific locations? And when would be like the best time for us to actually introduce that to you and kind of reach out to you on that? Yeah. So, you know, uh, yeah, we're, there's not an area right now that I know of that we can't help you with. Um, a lot of how you approach me is how you, is, is uh, the expectation that I set back, right? So as you've done, you know, Kenneth has done a few with me. I, if I know kind of where you're at and say, come to me at that time and what, and I'll give you some examples. If you are, forgot about LOI and all of a sudden it's tomorrow and you're finally coming to me. Most of my clients know, like I'll be able to get you a quick estimate. It's going to be maybe from one carrier and it's going to be estimate, but it at least better than nothing. Right. If you're not submitting your CFO or whatever, you know, uh, is it for weeks, then my clients know, Hey, let's get this to Matt and he'll actually be able to get it out to five, six, seven carriers, you know, and really get me a little bit more fine tuned, uh, of an estimate. So to answer your question after stating that is uh, LOI time is when majority of people come to me. Uh, we've kind of made our our uh, our dollars or made our uh, our name with handling that portion because I think a lot of brokers don't want to handle that because you do get, you know, 10 year way to close one or get one under contract. And, you know, brokers who are not doing this all day, every day, that could not be set up to do nothing but estimates and, and handle the process. Uh, Kenneth, is, we're, we're very quick with getting it done. And we're also just very, you know, blunt or very, you know, uh, conversational on, you know, what do you need from us? You know, so some clients will now come to us and like almost before I even respond, we'll say, Hey Matt, I just need a back of the napkin or Hey Matt, I really need you to fine tune this for me. And so we get more and more of that and it kind of dictates when you come to us. So I would say those are the high level of when to come. But once you've done a couple with us, you'll start to get your own approach with our office and when you want to come and what you want to see. Because if you lined up 10 of our top clients, they all come to me in different times, different ways. And, you know, some, some make me get it to the penny and some just want like, you know, to be within the same state, you know? So uh, it, it really depends. But uh, I say come when you want to and we'll figure it out. That's awesome. And yeah, I can definitely second that. We always do appreciate that. But um, 
for people that don't know or have never worked with an insurance broker, uh, what would be the process? I mean, of course, uh, you know, during LOI, you kind of want to get like a quote just to kind of see where your number's at. But after, you know, submitting LOI and then to due diligence and then closing on the property, what does the process look like and how do you kind of help not necessarily guide the, uh, the client, but help out in any way you can? Yeah. So, um, of course, yeah, you, uh, you know, you're kind of getting an estimate during LOI. Once you go under contract, then, you know, it, it really starts, right? Um, so the things that you can help the insurance person and vice versa, this will help you is, uh, once you go under contract, give a rough ballpark, even if it doesn't, you know, stay that way of when, the, when it might close, you know, Hey Matt, we're under contract. This isn't closing for 90 days, or this might actually be a quick one, or this might be six months, you know, some indication is helpful uh, for the quoting. The next thing is, um, which is becoming super important in our industry is getting the seller's loss run. So when you're about to go under contract, I think you submit to the seller some type of due diligence that they have to provide you. Put the loss runs, seller's loss runs, right in, uh, right in there every single time because now uh, about half the carriers are not even letting us uh, get a quote without the seller's loss runs. And for those who are new, what loss runs are is they are like the history of that apartment. What losses have happened in the last five years? So a fire happened a couple of years ago. It's going to show up. It's your, your most people are familiar with uh, your driving record, your your accidents and your speeding tickets, things like that. It, it's basically that for apartments. It's you know what what things have happened uh, to the space, right? And then the last one that's becoming even uh, more important, if you can get it during due diligence too, is the current policies. And the reason why that's becoming more and more important. Uh, as rates are tightening up in carrier's policy, and if it's not on a huge schedule or uh, something like that, most of the time I have that carrier. And if they're already familiar with that site and they already have a pretty good rate, a lot of times it makes sense to just take that over than it does to even go out and get new ones. Of course, we'll do that too, just to make sure we can't get anything better. But it also saves you in the inspection afterwards, which is pretty nice. So those are the key things that you wanna do under contract right? Probably having your due diligence. And then from there, it almost, you almost go into this quiet zone, right? Until you pick your lender who you're going to go with. And then once you pick the lender, that's the next time you want to reach out to your insurance person. Hey, Matt, uh, we're using X from so-and-so or do an intro. Because at that point, what we need to do in insurance is get our certificates approved. Basically, what that means is there's going to be some insurance requirements that your lender is going to have that we're going to have to meet and we want to as fast as we get the only thing in our way is a closing date and at that time once they're approved i can give you a final number for your invoice so you know what the final insurance number is right because from the loi estimate all the way to that point it is really just an estimate until we get those things approved right and then the only thing that can change a rate from that standpoint is depending on how long it takes you to close if you know, if you take a couple of extensions and it goes out 60 or 90 days or longer, then of course your rate can change. But if you still close within that 30, 60 day range from there, you'll be in pretty good shape. Awesome. Um, and so I just kind of wanted to touch. So let's say there's someone who has their first property and um, they're trying to determine if it's a deal or not. And um, of course, insurance comes into play. Um, what, if any, are the factors that um, you guys take into consideration that might impact or hurt my uh, el or the investor's eligibility um, for insurance from OB. Perfect. Yeah, that is what we call not insurable. 
you know, that would be a rarity. But the factors that, you know, which probably what you're getting at and care about is what's, what's going to make my price crazy, right? Uh, the state is a big one, you know, Texas, Florida, uh, you know, right on the coast, uh, high wind hail, right? Those are going to be a little trickier, a little higher priced. Uh, crime is a big factor. You know, if you're in an area that has a high crime score, that could move things up for you. Uh, the other one that is actually a, a really big pain that I actually tell people to stay away from, unless, you know, the numbers are just amazing on the deal, flood. Uh, if you're in a flood zone, flood can be very expensive. Uh, in general, nowadays, whatever word you want to flood adds an extra layer of cost to the insurance. Uh, that even a, even a well-priced flood policy is still additional insurance premium that you're going to have to over. Uh, those are some big factors. Uh, of course, like I mentioned, you're getting your you're not maybe going to have the seller's loss runs, but you could find out if there's been some losses. Uh, and you know all those things I mentioned. If all of a sudden you hear there was a fire, or a theft, or a shooting, or you know whatever, you, you know those correlate with all the things I just said, and it gives you that. Uh, you know, update that this might be a little bit more cost, uh, you know, uh, intrusive than, uh, than normal. Yeah, that's really cool. And that's actually a neat thing. Um, and I kind of understand why, you know, uh, insurance people are kind of requiring that now because occasionally, you know, the seller won't tell you what happened and they might not even know what happened five years ago. So if there was like a fire claim or like someone died on the property, um, you know, things might change, which, you know, could make or break the deal, which is, which is really interesting. Um, so of course, you know, with the whole COVID thing and of course, um, you know, COVID might be kind of different in every state. Some states might be worse, um, or, you know, some states might be worse on like weather or like flooding, hurricanes, things like that. So what are the rates, like, how are the rates different from state to state and where are they kind of at now? Like, are you seeing very big differences in certain states or, or how is that, um, currently? Yeah, so insurance is, it goes in cycles, uh, just like a lot of other, um, you know, things, you know. And so right now, yeah, we are, you know, as of, uh, you know, if we put a date stamp on this of uh, May 2021 here, right, we are in a very high market, right, uh, which is coming up COVID. Where, uh, a lot of the insurance, pe uh, insurance carriers got those numbers finally back. How did that affect? you know, some losses. Uh, we had all that stuff with those uh, flash freezes that happened across the United States, and especially in Texas. Uh, we had a decent, um, you know, uh, storms last year in 2020. So right now we are seeing in, uh, a little bit inflated. If it was in a state, it was 350 last year a unit. It's maybe four, 450 this year, right? But just what happens with anything else is this kicks markets out. This kicks carriers out. Uh, of states. Then what happens is, you know, people want to get in the states and uh, carriers start to want to buy rates down because they want to get more business. And then you'll see a cycle here, maybe even at the end of this year, going into next year, where we start to what it was basically back in like late in 2019, going into 2020, where I felt like anybody could call me and I was going to just have a steal of a deal on insurance. I almost thought about like, like giving higher rates to almost, uh, you know, conflict or, you know, so the renewals I knew wouldn't be bad because we, we would go in with a target of 50K back in 2019 and going into 20 and I'd get 30, right? You know, so it really uh, is uh, depending, but I, so I think if insurance is going to be a line item over the 
four, five, seven years that you keep something and just know that you have someone who is going to, you know, um, probably your, your, your listeners might be uh, familiar with dollar cost averaging, right? So that's kind of the hope we're going to try to do with the insurance is that we're going to be in the market. We're going to try to get hit all the best days and, you know, uh, do our best on the worst days if, if you could. Same with insurance. You know, when things are good, we're going to take those prices. When things are a little high, we're going to get a little bit greedier. We're going to look at deductibles and things like that. But uh, overall, uh, the rates, I say this loosely, are the rates. But if you have someone that's in tune and you trust, you're going to get the best that's out there at that time and know that when it does go lower, you'll also get that too. Yeah, no, that's, that's great. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's, that's awesome. And like I said, um, you know, there's always a cycle with everything like market, which seems like you guys are of course doing so. Um, the only, like the next question I was kind of wondering was as far as flooding, uh, whether your client is potentially looking into a property that has is potentially in a flood zone, um, or is currently uh, insured with you guys and has, a, uh, you know, undertaken some flooding due to like a storm or, um, maybe like some water damage. Um, how do you guys kind of handle that? And, and how does that necessarily affect the LOI? If there, if it are, it isn't a flood or has had flood damage. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, I mean, if it already has damage, you know, that's, that's one thing, you know, that I'm, that's where I get into the conversations where I'm like, that's kind of get the business decision, you know, what you want to do there. And hopefully you're getting some credits for that. Uh, when they're in a flood, um, I'm having the same business conversations, you know, I'm saying, Hey, you know, I'm going to get you this quote for the flood insurance. Um, you know, maybe it's built in where this thing is still really, really good, or you have the ability to really increase rents or whatever you got going on with the value add or what you're looking into. But, uh, we're definitely making it very aware. We just had a client uh, a couple weeks ago where the, the flood was out of control in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I called that client and I said, Hey, as much as, you know, I'd love for you to get every deal and whatever, you really got to look at this. Can you cover this flood amount? I, I really don't see it getting any lower. And, um, this is definitely something that you're going to have to add into your numbers. So, uh, that really, when it comes to flood and some of these other things is where we get way more into the, you know, business conversation, uh, which I think people appreciate as much as, you know, everyone's gung ho when they finally find that deal to look at. Sometimes the flood, the flood can push it over the edge a little bit. No. Yeah, that's great. <clears throat> and to kind of go into what you and your, your, you know, OB's goals are for this year and the upcoming years. Do you mind kind of going into that? Do you guys have anything that's kind of new or maybe that you guys are planning on doing and that way we can kind yeah. of get our audience in on that? Yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, it's actually a great question. Uh, here coming up in the next few weeks, uh, we have an announcement going, you know, out uh, to everyone that we are, you know, so in all intents and purposes, we've been a brokerage. Uh, for those of you who know me back from my Skylight days uh, that we were acquired then by OB, you know, recently, we've been the, the typical brokerage, right? faster and better than maybe others like, right? Like I can brag for a second, but a a regular brokerage. Now with OB, what we're trying to do is first uh, bring technology to the brokerage and the experience, right? For a lot of you that have come to me recently, you're you're starting to see the emails that we have going out when you submit a new risk that has this uh, Papa John's pizza delivery type, you know, feel to it. And then of course, the, the next thing is, uh, helping as we've talked about everything, rates and and coverage, right? So we actually are going to start to to go with uh, like a, you know almost uh, think Costco, right? We're still going to sell all the brands and 
and have those available and still do a really good job. But we're going to start to have some in-house brands too. We're going to have our own Costco brands, our own OB brands. And so we're releasing a 50 state, uh, one to eight unit, uh, instant, uh, rental product. So, uh, doesn't quite fit probably a lot of the viewers, you know, watching this from a standpoint where we're getting into the larger syndicates, uh, that's coming, but, uh, we got to start somewhere. So we're starting with a one to eight unit product. So if anyone is listening to this or, you know, has the, you know, some people do these large apartments, but they have a couple, you know, side deals themselves. You'll be able to go to our site. Uh, within minutes, get a direct uh, quote that you can bind yourself, which is great. Our hope is to get this up to about 250 units over the next 18 months. So, you know, going forward, as people grow with us and everything like that, we'll be able to continue to do what we're doing now. But say 18 months from now, you might be able to in North Carolina, go on, type in 180 unit, uh, eight building apartment and get an instant bindable rate actually for your LOI, right? So you, we talk about uh, taking that experience to the next level, right? So that's what we're kind of doing at OB. So we're, we're really pumped to get our first uh, product launched. And I think from there, it'll just continue to grow in size. And, uh, you know, and then from the tech standpoint, we're going to continue to do things that uh, one, bring transparency to the process, right? A lot of times while, you know, I hear a lot of your questions, it's because, you know, no one's sharing a lot of this with, you know, people in your space. So, you know, you're going to be able to see who we're going out to, how many carriers, you know, have already responded, what the rates look like, everything by just going into, you know, your portal and using your link. So we're really trying to bring transparency and, and digitalize the whole multifamily space as it relates to insurance. So uh, some really exciting things. And I think 2021 is going to be a really good year. Really, everything we're doing is just going to help probably, you know, your viewers and uh, the three of you especially as well. No, yeah, awesome. We're really excited for that. Um, so definitely keep us up to date with that, and I'll, I'll make sure to uh, let our audience know. But to kind of go into our express round, uh, I just will ask you a few quick questions, and we'll wrap Absolutely. this thing up. But first question, what is the biggest mistake that you've made in your professional career, and what did it teach you? Uh, the biggest mistake I made in my professional career was probably not moving to the independent side fast enough. I was on the captive side, which was great. Uh, still, you know, a family company, everything like that. But the opportunity once I moved over to the independent was, you know, hundred X. Uh, so uh, as some of my team will say, I was, I stayed in the boomer coins a little too long and didn't get over to the high growth uh, stocks uh, fast enough. So that it's, it's a mistake, but I definitely, that's probably my biggest, i.e. this multifamily space faster. Awesome. And do you have a favorite book that uh, you'd like to recommend to people? Uh, you know what? I, I'm going to steal this from my friend, Kevin. Uh, there's a book called Never Eat Alone. Okay. And what this book just talks about is, you know, really, this is something how I built my original insurance agency, uh, kind of in a similar pres uh, thing before even reading this book. And then I read the book and it just made sense. It's where, you know, if you try to just meet people that you like and, you know, and provide value and uh, just have conversations, eventually there'll be some business outcomes that happen. And so that's what I tried to do early on in my career. It's what I still try to do is just, you know, meet people that you find interesting and, um, and, and you know, the whole book premise, then you'll never eat alone, right? But really for me, it's just, you know, surround yourself with amazing people. Exactly how this thing happened with the four of us is that I came to you. I said, I love the three of you. Let's figure out how we can do you two, how we can do, 
you know, work together, all this stuff. I just, I watched you guys when I first met, I, I loved your energy. And so it's the same type of principle. So yeah, never eat alone. Uh, great book. Um, and not one that probably most people drop. So might be a new one for people looking to pick up a new book. Yeah, no, that's definitely something that we'll check out. Um, do you have a piece of advice that you'd like to give someone um, in regards to like the best piece of advice that you could give someone or the best piece of advice that you've ever received? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. For me, it's always the same thing. Uh, ever since I've gotten cut uh, from seventh or sixth, seventh and eighth grade basketball every time, never made the team, even though I tried so hard, is that in the business world, hard work does matter. And I'm convinced that anybody that wants to put in the effort can literally do anything. Maybe, you know, not everyone can do the, you know, the rocket to Mars like Elon, but uh, for the most part, right, especially in our industries, if you're willing to work hard, so that's always my advice is that the only thing stopping you is if you're not willing to put the hours in, because if you're willing to put the hours in and work hard, like no one can beat you. Like you will win every single day, you know, over and over again. So that's always my advice is that, you know, come to me with what you want to do. And then I'm just going to tell you to do it and, and just work your butt off because you'll get there, you know, maybe slower than the next person, but you'll get there and you'll be, you'll be long-term successful. 100%. I love that. I love that. Do you have a daily habit that you would accredit some of your success to? Uh, yes. I, I think uh, high energy, you know, uh, my brother actually brought this up to me the other day. It was one of my favorite things I've heard someone say like as a compliment. And I didn't even realize it, but he mentioned it almost joking and kind of making fun of me in a way, but like it came off as he's like, it doesn't matter what day you come in, in the mornings, you're always ready to go have energy, you know, you're positive about things. So that's really, I, I think what attributes to a lot of what I'm doing, followed by, I am always trying to do something different and I'm not afraid to try my crazy ideas. And I think everyone has crazy ideas. And I just am one that tries to execute on them and I fail more than I succeed. But the ones that do succeed are the difference between, you know, being here and being here. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I think a positive attitude solves a lot daily. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so my last question to wrap this up, what is the best way for people in our audience to reach out to you if they want to get in touch? So uh, best way, uh, I, I love email. I love text. Uh, Calls, uh, you can do that as, as, as well. I'm way faster in email and, and text, but uh, if you want to get on a, on a conversation or on a phone call, we can do that. But uh, yeah, it's great. Um, I don't know if I could get one here. I just moved to Florida, but you know, smoke signal, carrier pigeon, if those are still a thing, I can take those too. But, uh, but yeah, text and, text and email is great. Awesome. And uh, did you, I'm not sure if you provided your email. Oh, yeah, sorry. Uh, email uh, Matthew with two T's, so M A T T H E W at OB, which is uh, O B I E, and then risk, R I S K dot com. And then my cell phone, 312 877 2692. Awesome. And I'll make sure to include those in the show notes, but just in case someone wants to you know, listen to it, there it is. Perfect. Uh, we really do appreciate your time, Matt. Uh, I definitely look forward to staying in touch and building our relationship. We'll definitely keep sending you deals. So keep doing what you're doing, man. You're doing awesome. Thank you, Appreciate Matt. it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Real Life Monopoly podcast with the Donis Brothers. If you want to learn more about what we do, make sure to visit our website, www.donisinvestmentgroup.com. And if you aren't already, make sure to follow us on all platforms at Donis Brothers. Let's be great today. Have a good one.